Boardwalk Audio Podcast. On comedy writing, on comedy writing, downloading this episode of on comedy writing i'm your host alan johnson and that was a new track the new hot summer single called on comedy writing by nick doss my good friend and a very good musician a lot of you probably thought is that reggie watts uh no that's nick doss so uh yeah look him up uh he's got a band camp he had an album out recently it's very good very different than that but very good so you should definitely check that out uh, and yeah, this is a, a new episode of On Comedy Writing on a new network and uh, with a new theme song, a whole host of news. Yeah, so we're on Boardwalk Audio now. I'm very excited to uh, to be on that network. They have a lot of great podcasts that I, I enjoy listening to, so it's very cool to be with them. And uh, we've got a new episode with Jamie Loftus. Yeah, but real quick before that, I have to say... The best way to support this show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash oncomedywriting. Click the support our artist button and shop on Amazon like you normally would. It doesn't cost you any more to shop that shop that way. And when you do, Amazon kicks me back a little money. Isn't that, isn't that insane? So yeah, when you're buying uh, you know, how to draw because you're inspired by Jamie Loftus cartoons, <laughs> my favorite book, How to Draw, well, I'll, I'll get a freaking penny or two. And I, isn't that just the most American thing? So, uh, so yeah, please, uh, please do that if you're shopping on Amazon. Uh, but enough about that. Jamie Loftus is on the show this week. She's a great stand-up and animator, uh, and she's also uh, a journalist. And I read her articles on Shrek, which we talk about in the show. And uh, her animations are second to none. I enjoy. I love them. And uh, the day we interviewed her, the story about her eating Infinite Jest came out and went viral. And so uh, that was cool because she was all over the news that day. And it was very cool that she still took the time to sit down with me. So, yeah, it's a fun episode. Jamie Loftus is, is very interesting. And she was a great interview. So here is Jamie Loftus. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, happy to be here. <laughs> Uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Brockton, Massachusetts. Okay. So that's 45 minutes outside of Boston. It's a little uh, uh, shithole in, in southern Massachusetts. <laughs> I, re- I really liked it, but uh, I, a lot of people don't like it. It's kind of dangerous. Oh, interesting. Oh, is it like is it like considered like a dangerous part of Massachusetts? Yeah, it was. I remember when I was in high school, it was like we were we made the list of like top 100 worst cities in America. And we were like in the sixties, and we were like, yeah, like it was like a street cred thing, you know. We were just like, yeah, don't fuck with us. We're dangerous. We're the number sixty-three place to never go. I don't, I don't get how they come up with those, like how it, they rank them and whatnot. It must be. I remember they listed out. I think it had to do with like amount of gang violence, amount of murders, amount of and like we had a, a lot of those things. Not, I mean, there's at least sixty places <laughs> that had more of it. Um, especially like there, there's like a few shitty towns in Massachusetts that are they're all so bad that it's like they're. 
I don't know, at least with kids, it's like, I want to live in the, the worst place, you know? So it'd be like Brockton, Massachusetts, and there's Lawrence. And Lawrence was crazy because once their mayor just disappeared. <laughs> I think he came back, but I don't remember. And then there's Fall River and then New Bedford. And those are like the four shitholes, and they're always trying to out-shit each other. <laughs> I don't know where the rankings are right now, but we had a school shooting my senior year, so that kind of kicked us up there <laughs> so you guys were happy about it well no one died so it's fine oh that's good actually yeah that's a good thing yeah but then we went to i was like on because it was like it was a great public school system there and mm-hmm. like my mom works you know uh but like we for a football game went to one of the other shitty places new bedford and we were like you know we had a school shooting and they were like it was after school like they were just like <laughs> so not impressed <laughs> it was great uh so were you uh were you watching a lot of comedy when you were growing up um, n- yes, but not, like, obsessively the way I, I think a lot of comedians mm-hmm. do. There was stuff I definitely liked, but I was late to so much stuff. Like, I didn't start watching 30 Rock till I was well into college. There was just a lot of stuff that I m- missed. Um, I was mostly, I was a, I was a bookish child, read, read a lot of books, and I was really into music more so than comedy when I was, like, a teenager. So you were all over Dave Barry, right? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was... Uh, I, the comedy shows I watched... I, I remember one of the first shows I watched, like, habitually, was um, that sketch show Dimitri Martin had on Comedy Central, which isn't, you know, like, the best show in the world, but my brother and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, like, my dad, my dad really likes comedy, and he had all the old Monty Python tapes at our house, so I watched all those, and then, but the thing I really liked, like, I think the earliest comedy thing that I was like, it didn't even register to me as comedy, was, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse is, like, mm-hmm. my... Pee-wee's Playhouse and Space Ghost Coast to Coast are, like, the two best things in the world to me. And so did you watch both of those, like, at a young age? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the ones that I was watching all the time and Mm -hmm. didn't think of it as, like, I'm a comedy fan. It was just like, oh, Mm -hmm. I like like these things only. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, when you were going to college, did you know uh, what you wanted to do, kind of, or...? Nah, well, it, like, changed over time, because I went to college for, I mean, I switched around a couple times, but I basically ended up being a radio production major. Okay. So, I worked at this radio station that was, like, on campus. I went to Emerson, which is, like, arts, you know, fuck off, Jenny, but, like, I did. Jay Leno's alma mater. He was my keynote speaker. Oh, really? At my graduation, yeah, which I, uh took a lot of flack for it. My grandma was thrilled, though. <laughs> my grandma was like, oh my god, Jay Leno, and whatever. Yeah, people probably love him at those, like the older people. The older, yeah, people, I mean, my grandma, I used to like, I used to have a joke about it, but then I was like, ah, maybe, maybe throw that one away, where it was like, my grandma died within six months of seeing Jay Leno <laughs> in person for the first time, because she went to my graduation, and you know, she was like, this is so exciting, I'm like, well, he killed her <laughs> his you know whatever I, I ran into jay leno literally yesterday no wait wait where at, at chili john's because he was where wait where's chili that? john's is in burbank and they of course it's in burbank <laughs> yeah, right that's his stomach <laughs> wait that's great can i okay my friend uh jude ted Mori, well, he's looking for yeah it's funny you said that because I, when i was like looking research on you i found like that podcast episode yeah, so i, I yeah, tweeted yeah. at him and told him that i ran oh, into so jay leno knows. yeah okay good it's <laughs> just like jay's gonna flip out he's been looking for so long yeah he's filming an <laughs> episode of Jay Leno's Garage. 
Oh. And they, I guess they went to the chili place, God. very old chili place. What a rich man's folly that television <laughs> show yeah. is. That's like fucking crazy to me. That's funny. That's, yeah, like Jay Leno's show and then also like gout. Those are like the two things that are like rich man's folly. There was, I knew a guy once in Boston who, who had gout and I was like, whoa, he like must be doing well. Cause that's just what you get from like hanging out too much. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> Anyways, what was the question? Um, oh, uh, comedy. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's all that comedy. Uh, so yeah, Emerson. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was a radio major there, and so I, uh, I was interested in comedy. But like, I did my first open mic in school, but it was like one of those things where I did it once, and I was like, oh, I'm scared. I'm gonna not do it for a year. And then it was like towards the very, very, like my last semester in school, I started working part time at an improv theater in Boston that sort of like pushed me in the right direction. And then for my like, I was thinking about this, for my senior thesis project, I was like in the honors program there so I could like just afford to go. And my senior thesis project, they were like, you can either write a 60 page paper or you can like do some sort of long form performance and write a 20 page paper. And so I was like, okay, well, obviously <laughs> got to figure out some sort of performance. And I decided I couldn't have done stand up more than like five or six times on campus over the period of literally years. So like I hadn't really done mm-hmm. anything, but I was like, I'm going to do like a half hour of stand up and then I'm going to write a 20 page paper. And that was like sort of just. Yeah, I guess I just started doing stand-up because I didn't want to write a paper. So were you doing like a bunch of stand-up in that last like semester to like get ready for it? Or not really? That's <laughs> the thing is like I didn't really prepare very well for it. I have a tape of it. I haven't watched it in years because I'm because at the time I was like, whoa, that went really well, and I'm sure that it actually did not. Um, but yeah, well, because I worked I worked in radio and and I worked full time when I was in college, so I wouldn't have to drop out basically so I didn't really have a lot of time to actually get the project ready and all that stuff but then once I started doing that because I, I was also in a sketch group in college but I didn't I don't know it wasn't like much mm-hmm. um so but like that's when I count as really starting was like that show that I was not ready for but I, I like I think it was all just like perception of like well I felt like it went really well so I'll do this every day now and that was pretty much mm-hmm. yeah after that I just uh, never stopped doing it was it like was it just like a straight like stand up for 30 minutes or was it did you, cause no. you did sketch was there like some sketch stuff in there or? Yeah, there was a lot of it was not a half hour of stand up proper that would have <laughs> been uh, that would have been insane if I could have done that but um, it was a mix of I mean I guess kind of stuff that I still do now there was like some performance arty stuff where I had I know that I did some like much uh, some PowerPoint stuff, which is like cheating. Uh, <laughs> but I did, I did, I think like two of those, and then the I PowerPoint did, stuff is fun though. That's like it yeah. is, yeah. yeah. It's like I get why people feel like it's cheating, and I sometimes, but like there's a, like a, a kind of levity to it mm-hmm. that's I don't know. It's like easier, but it's still funny. And, and I think so. if, if you like label it as sketch, I feel like people are more just like okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, because I still like doing them. I just mm-hmm. always feel like a weird guilt when I'm like, am I, is this, am I cheating? But yeah. they're fun to do. Um, mm-hmm. But so I did a little bit of that. Uh, I did a little bit of stand up. 
And then I had, I don't exactly remember exactly what it was, but I had like a microwave and a toy rabbit on stage the whole time. <laughs> and so I guess it was sketch where I think I was seeing something like it was stu I was like, I was raised by wolves and something about like something about the rabbit, the rabbit was a killer or something. And then at the end of the show, I do remember I put the rabbit in the microwave and, and blew it up. And that was like the end of the show. It's like so. Chekhov's gun, but... Exactly. Can't have the microwave on stage yeah. with the rabbit. <laughs> and so I don't remember the exact details and I'm truly terrified to watch that tape. <laughs> but there was something, I don't know, I, mm. I, I wasn't comfortable enough to do only stand-up, which mm-hmm. I shouldn't have been, so <laughs> I sort of cobbled it together. And I had a, the, the like, school advisor I had, he was this really cool guy, uh, Andrew Clark, and he was, like, a playwriting professor, so I think he was sort of just like, what if you added another character? I was like, I don't think that that's how stand-up works, but <laughs> we could have filled time, so <laughs> he was super helpful of, like, like, what if you just put the micro, you know, he was very helpful in uh, filling that the the correct amount of time, so I would graduate from school. <laughs> uh, so you said you're doing sketch in college. Was yeah. that like the first time you started performing? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, well, I mean, I'd done like drama club in high right. school and played the oboe. Any any favorite roles from drama club? No, I was mostly. What I would do is I would be in like the little plays at the beginning of the year, like the. I played a secretary once, and I I remember that because I kissed Joao Silva, and he was very handsome. <laughs> so I don't. I basically just remember that. I thought you were going to say you kissed James Spader. Oh, that would have been great, but I still prefer Joao Silva. He was so handsome, and I do not think wanted to kiss me at all. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I loved it, but I was mostly a dancer, so, oh. uh, so I would do some plays, and then, but mostly I would be like the choreographer for Hello Dolly. <laughs> it's a real cred. It's a real, and uh, so half of drama club stuff, I was dancing, and then I would also, I don't know, I think I just had to, a lot of time to fill, because I would also like help build the sets and shit. Uh-huh. So, uh, do you think any of that's like helped your comedy at all? Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, everything helps comedy. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, anything. Like, I did a dance show a couple months ago. Um, and I'm, try- I'm, like, always trying to figure out how to bring dance stuff and, like, more physical stuff into stand-up. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, everything is, like, relevant and you can make anything... That's what I like about it. It's like, oh, I feel like I wasted 10 years playing the oboe. Let me find a way to just justify that <laughs> through the back end and find a way to whatever. So I, I saw that video on your website of you playing the oboe. And it's, it's, it's really good. It's great, yeah. <laughs> it's good. I was actually really proud of that. That was my, uh, my old like band instructor's friend. I don't know why we're friends on Facebook, but I was friends. And he like messaged it to me and was like hey just came across this video <laughs> of so you in, at virginia beach in 2010 i was like whoa that's like pretty good <laughs> i want i want to have that yeah um but uh you're quite uh i hadn't really like performed that much mm-hmm. and that's why i liked doing radio so much was because i was like not super comfortable talking on stage so radio felt like it was a good way to talk and not be seen and Mm -hmm. 
um, not receive immediate feedback. And <laughs> it was almost, like I enjoyed the performative part of it, but I just like, I don't know, wasn't ready to be in front of people. So sketch was good for that. Um, was your radio shows, were they just like uh, music shows or would you like... Do something. It was well that uh, it wasn't like a regular underground college radio. Station. It was uh-huh. like an NPR affiliate kind of thing. Oh, okay. So yeah, it, it's their radio program at Emerson, which I'm pretty sure my graduating class is the last one that exists because oh. it is a, like a you know a dying industry. Yeah, sure. the station still exists, but um, yeah, it was like we would do a lot of work where I was trained as like a radio program director, which is like, you know, you're like managing a hundred mm-hmm. people and scheduling and music director, which is, you know, you receive all the records and do interviews and it, it like all this boring stuff that I really found very, mm-hmm. very interesting and still do, but, um, not relevant to comedy per se. <laughs> Cause it is very like, you know, public radio is super, super duper structured. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but that was good. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was good, I think. It was <laughs> fun. By the time I graduated, I was absolutely certain that that was not what I wanted to do. Uh, but, you know, at least I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I knew that I wanted to do comedy, uh, like, within a few weeks of graduating from school. So so after school, uh, did you... You stayed in Bo- you went to Boston, right? Yeah, I stayed in. I, so uh-huh. I was. I went to school in Boston, uh-huh. um, and then I was there when I graduated, and didn't. I wanted to move to New York, but I didn't have a reason to, and so this theater improv Boston that I worked part time at had been. I still don't like really know why they were so nice to me, but they were very very supportive, and they were always like, "You should write more sketch, and you should do this, and you should do this," and. So, basically, I was planning to move to New York three months after I graduated, but the theater kept, like, giving me cooler and cooler and cooler things to do Mm -hmm. if I agreed to stay a little bit longer, kind of. And so, the plan was I was going to move to New York in March, what, 2014, I guess, without really any plan. And then they were like, what if we, like, gave you, like, a marquee show for a month? Would you stay? I was like... I mean, yeah, like I don't have, I truly don't have anything else to do. So I was like, okay, stay another couple months and do that. And I did that. And then they were like, what if we, I don't know what the next thing was. And then eventually they're like, what if we gave you a full-time job and you stayed here for one more year? And I was like, yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have any money. And I was like a substitute teacher. And um, so that was how I ended up staying in Boston. And I'm like so glad that I did because... I mean, I don't know what I, what would have happened if I had gone to New York. Like, Boston ended up being this very wonderful place to... I mean, I did a lot of sketch. I did a lot of stand-up. And then I did some improv that I'm deeply ashamed of. <laughs> but I did it, you know. And it was, it, it was great because when I was working at that theater full-time, I could take classes for free. And I wouldn't have been able to afford it otherwise. Um, the Boston stand-up scene. I mean, it's it, it's weird, but it's been, like, changing in this great way where it's not just, like, old white dudes, mm-hmm. like, talking about their wives or whatever. They're still there, and they're awesome. <laughs> but there's other people, too. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm just, like, so grateful for the time I was there. And that also... Uh, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm talking so much. No, no you're good. You're okay. fine. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I was working full time at that theater and like on, on like the management side um, where I would like manage the night staff and do hiring and I uh, had like this like troop of interns who I would I don't know make new things I forget what they would do I don't think they <laughs> really did anything um, but I had them and then a few months into that, I got like a job offer from the Boston Globe, kind of out of nowhere, and they were like, well, do you want, you know, this full-time job and we'll give you X amount of money, which at the time was like, I mean, I kind of still, I was like, why would you want to give that to me? Like, <laughs> that's so cool. And it was based off of someone's recommendation of just, I think that they were like, oh, we want to get some like millennials in here yeah. and some fresh voices. But like, I was not a trained journalist and I am still not. I was, and I was 22 then, like there was no reason, but they offered me a full-time job and, but I didn't want to quit my other full-time job at the comedy theater. So I just, like, did both for, like, wow. seven months. Wow. And then I moved here. And that was, like, <laughs> that was how, how it ended up working out. So uh, in Boston, <clears throat> it's, that's kind of where you started. That's where you got, like, most of your reps, I guess. Like, to before I me, mean, that's not, I guess, now you've been. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, like, where I got, like, my confidence and, mm-hmm. like, a lot of space to experiment and yeah like i i don't think i would be i mean i guess i don't know but that that was like a huge the year and Mm -hmm. a half i spent there after school was like huge and and like how often were you like performing then like every night or yeah pretty much every night and um i didn't i mean i didn't really focus on stand-up in particular until i moved here but when i was there it was like either sketch stand-up or improv pretty much every night of the week and it was awesome it was mm-hmm. great uh what would you say is like different from like doing stuff in boston than la uh, i mean i'm sure there's a lot but yeah like yes and no i don't i mean it was definitely a fucking adjustment moving here like comedy wise but i think here i mean there's the same ability to experiment and try stuff out and just sort of like you have access to more stuff, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but in Boston, I don't know. It was very special to me just because there's it's a smaller place, so there's like a lot of community and um, support. And I guess like you know, like there's nothing more insidious than like the social dynamics of an improv theater, <laughs> which I was you know very deeply entrenched in for a while. But it was just like. I don't know, everyone was very excited for each other and willing to try shit out, and people knew each other, which which they don't hear, which, because you, you can't really. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, just that was what was special about it to me, was I could felt like I could try anything, and even if it was, like, stupid and sucked and horrible, which sometimes it was, um, there was, like, some sort of community backing um, that I love, and, and it still exists. Like, I go back to boston a couple times a year just because it's the best mm-hmm. like yeah so so you would definitely recommend to people to start out in like a smaller city and then move make your yeah. way out i think boston was boston's not going to be the right city for everyone yeah. it was right for me because it's like near my family and and all that but yeah i mean i i was uh like boston philly i mean chicago's not small but chicago has that like community feeling to it 
I think that that's super important when you start. Mm-hmm. I'm always amazed when people, when I meet people here who are like, yeah, I started here. I was like, how, how? That's <laughs> amazing. You know, it's, I don't know what I would have, how I would have fared in, you know, here or New York without like a foundation of like that community feeling. Mm-hmm. I, see, I'm someone who came out here straight to LA after college. Mm-hmm. And I guess if I wanted to do stand up, I feel like I wouldn't know what to do here doing stand up. I wouldn't either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, where were you coming from? Uh, from Connecticut. Oh, okay. So you're from New England too? Okay. Well, yeah. I'm not from New England. I went to school in Connecticut. I'm from, gotcha. da- I'm from Dallas originally. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went to Dallas for WrestleMania last year. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's my only experience of Dallas. It's like two days. What'd you think? It was great. I hung out at Chili's. Was, oh, yeah, that's a cool place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good Chili's. Great service. 10 mm-hmm. out of 10. WrestleMania was fun. <laughs> um, but I feel like improv and sketch, at least in my experience, I think it's yeah. been kind of similar to that. I, well, I guess part of it, too, is like uh, I do a lot of stuff at the pack. Theater. Oh, I love the pack, yeah. Yeah, and that's like kind of the, that community feel. That's for sure. the closest I've found here. Yeah. Uh, to a feeling like that where people seem to know each other and seem to give a fuck about each other, and you're just like, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, but I, I would even say like UCB when it has, you know, it's got like millions of people. But sure. I, even then, I feel like you kind of like go, and if you go enough, you start meeting people and whatnot. Right. I mean, that's what I miss about Sketch a lot is just. Mm-hmm. You know, like being on. I I I can't. I've been improv sober for <laughs> I think almost two years now, which is like how how bad was yeah. the improv that made you quit? <laughs> oh, it wasn't the improv. I mean, it was me. I was I was bad, but uh-huh. I was on uh, I was on two house teams in Boston, so I was doing it a lot. And one was like um, this. It was it was so well directed, and most of my and like well, my castmates were great. I was fucking terrible. I don't know why I was there, <laughs> but I did a, an improv show for preschoolers every single Saturday oh, wow. for a year. And there's video footage of it, and I like am like I look like a fucking pervert. Like I like am wearing these like block colors. I have like pigtails. I'm like at, with a child. I'm like, what's your favorite color? Let me sing you a song about it. And I'm just like, I, someone should have shot me. Like it was horrible. Um, the show was great. I was I I looked like a pervert for every moment I was in it. Um, <laughs> Well, I think I just blacked out. What was the, what was the question? Uh, what made you quit improv, I guess? Oh, yeah. well, there you go. There, that was that, it? That, that, that was, was the it. moment? Yeah. And then when I, well, I when I moved out here, I interned at I.O. West for like 45 seconds. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, I guess that's a whole other story. But, like, it, that, I, I did that because my... Uh, good friend who had also moved here from that same improv theater and she's still doing improv and she's great um, but she came out and she was like do you want to start like you know we're like do you want to like do improv together and then after I was like I don't think I do <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stand up was already like taking off for me in, in a more meaningful way mm-hmm. than improv ever would have like I shudder to think uh, what would have happened? Um, and I had a sketch partner in Boston, and then uh, through a series of, of miss, whatever, uh, we were not sketch partners anymore, mm-hmm. and that was why I started doing animation stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so going back real quick to the yes. Boston Globe thing. Oh yeah. What, what were you doing for them? 
Uh, interesting question. I so it was for it was it, I was I worked at the Boston Globe building, which was very cool and very. Uh, what's the movie? With the priests and oh, the depart or no, it's the one that uh, came out. Oh, a spotlight, spotlight. It yeah, was yeah. very spotlight. Yeah. Same building where spotlight took place. Fun fact. Uh, Did you recognize? I remember reading like people from the Boston Globe would say that's exactly what it looked like. It's true. It's all true. <laughs> yeah. I just remember reading like six articles about that. Like it always come up right. when it was out. So that was funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we were there, and that was cool. But I was working for a subset of the Boston Globe, and I think actually a subset of that subset. Okay. Where Boston Globe, this is very boring, but like Boston Globe owns this website called Boston.com, which is just sort of their. Um, Website, and then they were trying to start like I think like a youth, like arm of whatever, and so I was brought on for that. There were like three or four of us who did it. It was me and like three guys, and this amazing intern named Jody who became my soulmate, and <laughs> and we would write. Um, it was like a combination of some clickbait, but my editor was really nice and really and like seemed to really like the kind of stuff I wanted to do and would let me, you know, for every five pieces of garbage I wrote, would let me do one thing that I like really wanted to do. So the the best thing I ever got to do there was um, I got to go see Shrek the Musical five times in a row, <laughs> and I like convinced him that this was like a great idea and a great use of resources, <laughs> and I went and it was. Still, like, one of the most fun things I've ever done. Um, when you say five times in a row, do you mean, like, once and then the next day and then the day. next day? Yeah, so yeah, okay. Monday through Friday. And I would bring different friends with me. They're all matinee shows because it was school vacation. Ah. Um, and then I got, I mean, I, I convinced the director of the music because I knew him from, like, when I worked in radio. And I was like, this is a great idea. Please give me these tickets. I will not pay for them. <laughs> and ended up, I mean, it was great. Uh but it was like a troubled... I mean, if you look up... If, if anyone wants to look up the history of Boston.com, it has a very troubled editorial history. <laughs> and I sort of was a casualty of that, where I had gone to... I got fired from there because I had gone to New York to do a stand-up comedy show. And that was exciting. And I, did, I also did an open mic while I was there. And I tweeted, like... When I do well at an open mic, I come so hard I bleed. And it's like, not even like a great tweet. It's just like a stupid, thoughtless, like whatever. But then, and that was on Sunday night. I was taking bus back to Boston. And I had to, I had two full-time jobs. So my schedule was weird where I would get to the Globe at 6 a.m., stay till like 1, and then go to my other job from like 2 to like 11 or whatever. Um, But I had to be there really early. And I got there that morning. And I had all these messages from people that I had, like, gone to high school with, like, saying, like, my mom heard your name on the radio this morning. And I, I don't know, I assumed it was for, like, not a bad thing. And so I was like, cool. Well, Jamie Loft has killed at an open mic. <laughs> right. I was just like, what is it about? Or I was like, is it, like, a story I wrote or whatever? And they were like, no, they didn't seem very happy with you. And so I guess what happened was... Um, a Boston sports radio show, and sports radio is still pretty important. There, yeah. people still listen to it. It's like the last whatever. <laughs> um, but they must have had some issue with the Globe. They found my Twitter account. They found the tweet about coming blood, 
And I think that they just didn't like this website. They wanted to give it some bad press. So they're like, this this woman is blah, blah, blah. And yeah. she's bad. And how could they how can they employ someone who says they come blood? And like <laughs> all this shit. And then I got brought in by like a higher up editor who I barely knew. And he was like, we need you to take it down. And I was like, okay. So I took the tweet down. And then, like, later that day, he called me in again, and he was like, we've had the interns looking at your entire Twitter account, and we need you to take... And then he, like, took out this, like, list of, like, oh 100 gosh. different things. He was like, we need you to take all this down. I was like, uh, uh, no, I don't think... <laughs> and in retrospect, I was like, what an arrogant little dummy I was, didn't... But I knew I was moving at that point anyways, uh-huh. so I was like, well, what if I just stood my ground and, you know didn't have two jobs for a month like that would be fine uh so i you know i think in like the only uh, argument i've ever had at work really i was just like no i'm not gonna do it and he's like well then uh, you're gonna have to go it's like fine (laughs) i'll leave now and so that was how i ended up leaving there that's what spotlight should have been about this spotlight too (laughs) i swear to god there was that was such a weird i mean journalism in boston's weird because like the globe and the herald hate each other i had a slam piece written about me well wait maybe that's not the right word i a a piece that was mean written about something else i'd written in in the herald once Mm -hmm. that my dad framed because my dad's a journalist (laughs) in boston and this was all very entertaining (laughs) Um, but it was like, whatever. I said that people were drunk in Southie on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. <laughs> which is like true. Like, right. no one would say that's untrue. But but they the, the Herald got like a U.S. representative to be like, this is not how we want our community represented. The globe sucks. <laughs> like, it was just <laughs> stupid. Oh, um, uh, Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That was a lot of words. I'm sorry. No, you're good. That was a lot. Uh, so, uh, what what made you decide to move to LA? Um, it was like uh, good decisions and bad decisions. I like had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he was here, so it's like okay, I, it can't just be that reason. So I was still in Boston, and then I I got a manager kind of just through sheer luck, and she was here. So I came out here and I visited and I met her and I was like, oh, she's real cool. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, you should come here. And so I was just waiting for someone to say that. Yeah, I, think. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And also like with comedy in Boston, it's, it's amazing, but there is like a, you know, a ceiling that you can hit at some point where it's like, you, you sort of have to leave. So I was getting to that point anyways. And it just seemed like the right timing. What was like the, the sheer luck of the manager? Um, I had been... It was sort of a series of... I, I had done a show in New York that was being taped, but I didn't really know for what. But it turned out to be for, like, this stand-up clip show that was aired in, I think, nine states only. <laughs> but one of those states was this one in this city. And I guess that my manager, like, at, at that time, it was, like, her, part of her job to just, like, find... Whatever children she found, she found impressive, and so I started talking to her through that, and we had been in contact for, I mean, like I think about eight months, and so then when I finally moved here, she was like, you know, like if you move here, I'll sign you, and I was like, all right, that's good enough for me, um, and it wasn't a trick; it worked. So, that's good. So, so you moved from Boston. Yes. Uh, so you have a manager, but you don't have like a, a job, really. No, no, so, like, definitely so, not. <laughs> so, uh, what do you start doing when you get here? 
Um, I got here and then I sort of realized quickly, I was like, oh, I don't think I have any friends. So that was fun. Uh, but the first job I had when I moved here was I worked at uh, book soup on sunset, um, which is, it's like on like the, the strip. Oh, okay. Um, and that was like a really cool job. I, I did a few days of or like my first two weeks I did I sat in the audience of court shows okay. and that was like really depressing and bad and I got a job as like a part time manager at Book Soup and that was like the coolest job ever and mm-hmm. I think like was a weird like spoiling me when I first moved here because you know I was like I'm not going to see famous people in Los Angeles. It's a, you know, whatever. It's a big city. But that store in particular, like, it was insane. Like, Elton John would be there every <laughs> other day. I, the best thing that I got to do there was I managed on Wednesday nights. And every Wednesday night, Keanu Reeves would come on his motorcycle and buy Sudoku books. And it was, like, the coolest thing ever. Every Wednesday night? Every Wednesday night. Without and like he would call in advance and be like, "This is Mr. Reeves," and like I swear <laughs> not, it it was. So I saw more famous people in like the four months I worked at that bookstore than anywhere. Um, so that oh. was great. But the the bad thing about it was I mostly worked nights, so I felt like I'm mm-hmm. like, well, why am I here if I can't do shows? Right. Um. So I left there because I got a job at Playboy, and I was at Playboy for like nine or ten months, and that was. Interesting. It was great because it was f- flexible and I could do shows and leave and do whatever. So I have some uh, friends who work at Playboy too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. For uh, Cooper, right? Coop. Yeah, Cooper Hefner. Yeah. Coopy Hef. I uh, got out <laughs> right around the time that Coop was uh, getting his little claws in there. Um, <laughs> but Cooper did come to my goodbye party, did not know who it was, ate a huge slice of cake. <laughs> And because I got fired on my birthday, which I know. So the cake was truly, and it said it on the cake, too. It was like, happy birthday slash goodbye. Did it really say happy birthday slash goodbye? I don't know if that's the exact words, but it referenced the fact that it was a dual cake. Wow, that's that's pretty bold of whoever bought the cake to do that. Well, it was the sort of thing where it's like, I didn't do anything wrong. It was just that half the company was let go all at once because they just like didn't have money. Mm -hmm. And... My all my editors there were so I worked in like the magazine proper, um, and everyone who worked there was so awesome and nice and like I don't think wanted me to go so they're like let's get a Jamie, Jamie likes jokes let's uh, mm-hmm. let's kick her ass a little bit before <laughs> she <laughs> leaves and so I have this great picture of Cooper Hefner on his fucking Segway eat, <laughs> eating a piece of my cake. Oh, wow. I know. Triggering. <laughs> On my birthday. Um, what's, what's, uh, what's cool about your like journalism pieces is they're kind of part of your comedy writing because you're not really like doing like boring journalism. You're just making that kind of part of your, your thing. Yeah. Which I like. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was sort of... I think that that was mostly because of my time at The Globe where... Especially once I wrote that Shrek piece, um, that was really helpful in sort of just being able to do more stuff like that. Like I got yeah. to do a, uh, like a long wrestling themed project for Pace that was like comedy, but I was also doing stuff. I like stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like the the Chuck E. Cheese one where you went to Chuck E. Cheese oh, alone. Thanks. Yeah. I love Chuck E. Cheese projects. <laughs> They're the best. 
Yeah, that was really fun. Um, yeah. Do you like want to keep doing that kind of journalism uh, forever, or do you just do kind of as a um, side thing? Or I've been doing it less recently, but like for I mean for good reasons. It's just like I'm doing other work. I always want to do stuff like that because I think it's just like a great way to get ideas and mm-hmm. to put yourself in I don't know just like putting yourself in fish out of water situations is fun I, I yeah I like stuff like that like I still go see local productions of Shrek and write about it and <laughs> like the whole like it's I don't know and it's partially just because I, I think it's fun and and uh if someone will pay me for something to, that I want to yeah. do anyways then of course yeah. This, is, this is a little off topic, but the Shrek productions. Yeah. Uh, do you ever find that someone does like something really unique? Are they all with pretty the set- part? Or with the part or with the direction <laughs> I was of it? To say, I have a lot of <laughs> yes, I've seen. Well, I've seen Shrek. I mean, what over ten times? The 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 last time I saw it was earlier this year, and I drove I drove to Malibu Middle School, <laughs> and I saw it two nights in a row, and I. Loved it. I mean, it was Shrek Jr. is another story because it's like heavily edited and it's weird because like California kids are so fucking weird. Whereas like the kid playing Shrek, I'm like, oh, this kid wants to be a pop star. Oh, wow. Because he's like a Malibu middle school star of the drama club. (laughs) And he was really good, but he just brought this very specific flavor that was not as a purist. I was like, this is not Shrek. (laughs) Um, But. Yes, the first Shrek production I harassed was a couple of years ago. Before anyone was paying me to do it, I just wanted to. Um, I convinced like this production of uh, a BU production of Shrek the Musical um, that I was like a student journalist because I graduated from school early. So there was like this this period of months where I I could say I was a student, but I like was a substitute teacher and. <laughs> And I convinced them to like let me come backstage and like take video and all this stuff. And I ended up, um, I didn't even see that show. I I gave the tickets away to my friends, <laughs> but I was backstage for several days and like interviewing them and like I was trying to be like I'm taking this very seriously. But I ended up, you know, just like making a video. <laughs> making fun of them, yeah. <laughs> but they were very cool about it. And to this day, that was like my first. Shrek, because now I've interviewed a lot of Shreks. Um, my first Shrek, his name was Elliot, was, and I, I mean, obvious. I mean, I was hardest on him. I uh-huh. look at that stuff now, and it's like I wouldn't be so hard on people now. Um, but Elliot, I sort of let him have it, and he was so great about it. We're still pals <laughs> to this day. He's great. Shout out to Elliot Raff, my first, my favorite Shrek. <laughs> my favorite Shrek. Yeah. Um, not only Shrek the musical story is that Ooh. my my sister and my cousin went to go see it and they in Dallas and they thought it was a professional production. And <laughs> was it not? It was not. It no! was the kids. And they <laughs> Shrek po- Junior is so weird. They politely stayed for the first half and left in intermission. <laughs> Shrek Junior is bananas. Also, I uh, I wrote a piece about going to Shrek Junior in Malibu, but I like had emailed them and I was like. I want to like write do a write up of the show, and they never answered. But then I think that Malibu is like so very not strapped for cash that I just walked in both times. I didn't pay for anything. <laughs> I stole, I stole concessions and just 
Malibu, they're just like, whatever, we're all billionaires, so you can do whatever you want. So I took like Shrek themed concessions. Um, Shrek. And then I performed like numbers from Shrek. Um, where I, I, I do it every time I'm in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. we'll do, we'll do my two friends and I, there's a great, the act one closer to Shrek the musical. There's this great song called who I'd be. And the best thing about Shrek the musical, be. oh, Shrek the musical is so serious. Like <laughs> it's so serious. And the, the act one closer is like a very sad song about how Shrek is like searching for identity. And like, if he could just be anything, who would he be? <laughs> and there's this great three-part harmony where uh, it's Shrek, and then Fiona comes in, and then Donkey comes in. He's got this weird harmony, and we like learned it, and we'll still perform it. <laughs> um, yeah, Boston was a great place to be doing Shrek humor for some reason. There's a reason I don't know what it is, but we did like this whole. Shrek number right before I moved because they were you know there there's like that week before you move away that you're like I can do anything <laughs> and so we did this like naked Shrek thing <laughs> and that was really fun <laughs> like there's so much there's yeah there's a lot of Shrek stuff Shrek humor, humor is really in I know yeah. yeah and and I think we were, we were I guess that this would have been around the time where it was kind of like peaking this would have been like 2015 yeah it's not quite as hip now but you know shrek 5 has been announced so has it really oh yeah <laughs> uh so you know it'll it'll be back back with vengeance uh so when yeah when you first moved here yeah. are you doing like uh open mics or are you doing like mm-hmm. are you mostly doing open mics uh yeah i was doing open mics and then i was trying to figure out and and like I had enough sort of goodwill from coming from Boston and that I was able to do booked shows as well so it was like nice nice to have a mix of like not just only like that sort of was my uh my little privilege uh was that I could sort of do a little bit of both um but I was also trying to still figure out how to do sketch and characters by myself because I was like alone but I also didn't want to stop doing that so I was doing a lot of um, I was doing stand up and then I was also doing characters pretty frequently um, as well which I don't do as much now um, but I was at that time mm-hmm. yeah uh, so this is a dumb question oh, I, I, cool. I, I, I don't know much about stand up because I've, okay. I've done stand up like 10 times in mm-hmm. my entire life Okay. To varying degrees of success and failure. <laughs> okay. I did it, I guess, I, I'll say this. I did it drunk once at my school, like in my high school. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, so you go back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm an old purist. Yeah. Cool. Um, I didn't even know what stand-up was in high school. Yeah, that did not go well. <laughs> it went really poorly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I used to do it, <laughs> yeah. it's so stupid. Back in your day. Yeah, I would write like a thing out and memorize it completely mm-hmm. and then i would go out and i'd kind of like perform it like in like a monologue almost but it, be, it wouldn't sound like a monologue it sound like stand-up but i'd right. perform it that's not what people do right <laughs> i don't know i think that that's like that's still close enough to what i do and i think yeah. that a lot of people i don't know i'm not that was like the the main thing that improv was helpful with uh for me it was like i'm not like naturally a person that is like let me just go i love Mm -hmm. to talk to people because i like don't really Mm -hmm. and 
Um, so I don't know when I'm like writing a new joke, I'll write it all the way out and then generally, um, break it down into bullet points. So I, I kind of, I work with bullet points for the most part, but every beat of the joke. Also, this is cause I, uh, I'm on weird medication that makes my short term memory really bad. Uh, but I always have like it bullet pointed out until it's just, you know, a couple months later when it's just in my head forever. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when you're like trying to write a new joke, do mm. you, I guess for you, is it usually like inspiration first, then you write, or you have to sit down and like think about like stuff and then write it out? Um, I don't know. I, I definitely, I, I, I don't know. I have like a lot of shit that interests me that I'll like write down and be like, oh, maybe there's something there. And I, I do sit down to write stand up. Well, yeah, I do like. Yeah, I do that deliberately, and then try to find like, okay, what topic makes sense for stand up, and what topic that I'm interested in makes sense for uh, a cartoon, or like what you know, or a character, or whatever. So I try to take time uh, to sit down and just figure out what fits where, and then adapt that idea to that format. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how do you do yeah. that? Like, how do you like decide like? I don't I mean, it's not very gracefully done, I don't think. But, I mean, for stand-up, it's, sometimes it's just, like, I'll go through, I mean, it can be, like, Twitter or Twitter drafts of just, like, what is stuff that has caught my attention for whatever reason, and is it longer than this one thought? Yeah, yeah. And if it is, then it's usually stand-up. And if it's an idea that requires more than one person, um, usually... Instead of trying to make a video sketch and make out like this whole thing of like, and now there needs to be multiple people and an email has to be sent. Usually I'll just make a cartoon and that is like, uh, great. Cause it's totally within my control and I can just take a couple hours and be like, okay, there's this idea and it's kind of dumb, but it's, you know, I didn't bother anyone else with it. Now it's gone. Um, how, how did you get started with the cartoons? Uh, I started making. I, I started doing it a little bit in Boston, just because people needed flyers for stuff, and so I had been sort of teaching myself. I'm trying to remember the first like cartoons I did. They're very bad, but it was like again around the time that I was figuring out I wanted to do stand up or like comedy towards the end of school, where I had I had all this found audio that I forget where I'd found it but it was like off of an old tape recorder and I tried to just make an animatic of them because I was like really into like Brad Neely and and Mm -hmm. all that stuff um and then I I don't know I I I did stuff for the globe I did cartoons for the globe and was like starting to get better or at least was like figuring out a style and then I did another found audio animation about a year and a half after the first one and it actually was like a cartoon like not ashamed to show it to people uh-huh. um, and that was the first animation I did that kind of like took off and I was actually proud of and that was right before I moved here so when I, I got here it was nice because I was like I'm lonely but I want ideas that require more than me but I don't know how to make a friend and so so that was just what the cartoons sort of came out of was like a way to get those ideas across and now it's just I mean that's like 
my income now, which is like weird to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, what's like uh, your process for doing that? Like, do you like, so you have an idea, do you like fully script it out and then animate it? No, animation is, is like, it's, I mean, if I opened like an animated script on my Evernote, it is just like, it, I don't, I like can't make heads or tails of it a week after I do it, but <laughs> like I used to do this short series called uh, Zamboni Crimes Division. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And writing those out was <laughs> like, it would take 45 seconds because I'm just like, okay, what's the idea? And then... I would sort of just like riff alone in my room in a, you know, like a New England accent and figure out the beats, write down the beats, record the audio on my phone, and then start doing the animation. Um, yeah, it's like, it's super, it's, it's like embarrassing to me how rudimentary the way I make cartoons is because it's really, it's a, it's a frame by frame in a pretty simple illustration program um and then it's iMovie and that's it <laughs> that's all wow it's yeah. pretty great though it's a pretty great aesthetic to like have it's like it's, it's nice it was kind of born out of necessity um but now <laughs> it's like you know normal and I have but I, there there is I'm like I should learn what I'm doing technically <laughs> at some point but right now I that's what I started doing and that's what I still do uh so you mentioned the Zamboni police chief a series yeah. you did that for cafe right for cafe yeah um those are great uh Thanks. I remember the uh what is it when they're divorced one Oh yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Uh, she's like, "Why are you getting divorced?" And like intolerable, intolerable cruel, cruelty, Cru- <laughs> yeah. cruelty. And then he says, "Pirates of the Caribbean." <laughs> yeah, because movies from 2003. That was so funny. Thanks. Um, so yeah, how did that like happen? Did you just like pitch Cafe on it, or? Um, no, I was brought to Cafe, which was lovely. My my friend Alex Fear um, was doing stuff with them, and they were looking for at that time. Uh, I think just like some weirdos who wanted to try stuff out. And so for the first couple months I was with Cafe, I was just doing a different cartoon every week. Uh, that was just like a minute long. It was for their like, Snapchat channel, and it would just be whatever I wanted. And that was great. And then finally, I think that they were like waiting for me to hit on something that they really liked. <laughs> Which I apparently took a while because I didn't know that they were doing that. But once I, I did Zamboni Cops, they're like, oh, okay, we want this every week. And so I ended up doing 12 or 13 episodes of that, um, which was great. And I miss doing it, but I'm working on a different series for them now. Oh, nice. Yeah. How, how long does it take you to, like, uh, to like from idea to, to recording the audio to animation? Mm-hmm. Uh, for like a like a Zamboni cup. Yeah, for like a Zamboni cup. Um not that long. I can I can turn it around if I have the idea and also if I with with those cartoons it was great cuz I wouldn't get any edits and that's like where the real time usually mm. comes in for me. It's like if I get notes and that changes 100 frames then I'm kind of fucked. Yeah, fuck. yeah. Um but with Zamboni cups I would I was in total control of it and so I could do it in about 2 days. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so would you uh, would you want to do something more, like, long form with your animation? Yeah. I think that that's the direction I'm heading in now is, is like, I want to have uh, narrative stuff um, that is longer than two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. 
so that's going to be, I guess, you, this do you, summer. Do you have, like, ideas going? Yeah, I have something uh, with Cafe that's, uh, at, in August, I'm going to be releasing a, a new series with them that are uh, seven to ten minutes long, and it'll be six episodes. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, I'm really excited. Very cool. Sorry. So I've been... Yeah, so you're working on that, like, right now? Yeah. So, like, for one of those, it's going to take, like, much longer than two days? That'll take much longer. Yeah. And I'm going to get edits back. So oh, I see. So I'm, like, kind of scared. But we just sort of locked the idea of what it's going to be, and now I'm going to write it. It's a slightly different, you know, because Zamboni Cops, I never had to approve what I was going to talk about or whatever. So it's a slight, it's a, it's a more, I, I guess like a more real process. Right. Um, which is stressful, but good. It's a, you know, new experience kind of thing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, so you've also contributed at Reductress. Yeah. How, how did, uh, how did that happen? I forget. Um, there, they had a lot of roots. Oh, okay. They had a lot of roots in Boston. And my friend, Rachel Klein, who's like an amazing comedy writer, she, she wrote for Reductress, she's written for uh, The New Yorker and like all these places, um, sort of just referred a couple of us when they were looking for contributors. And this was like right when I was moving here as well. Um, and that just ended up working out. And yeah, Reductress is great. Uh, I really love the uh, I Was the Other Woman but now I'm accidentally locked in a public library. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny because it's just like the... That's like a very internet article. I'm the other woman and here's my story. Right, And yeah. you just take it to the absurd context. I like doing that. Yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, Reductress has made a science of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so good. Um, yeah. And it's like I've done those articles, too. Um, you know, and they're hopefully kind of buried in the recesses of the internet. <laughs> But I've done those articles for, you know, when financially it felt like, <laughs> all right, like there's somewhere an article I wrote for like Hello Giggles about how I used to wear a back brace. And that was like, mm, perhaps not, <laughs> wasn't the move. But at the time it was, I wrote a yeah. piece, I wrote one of those XO Jane pieces. Oh, and right. Like it happened to me, which is exactly what that is. Oh, carrying. yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, it yeah, is funny how they just like, learn. yeah, that's like our generation. There's gonna be so much just like weird content that people have created that's I know. out there. It's yeah, strange. it's like I, I you know, at, with each passing day, especially with the uh, Hello Giggles piece, I'm just like, I really hope that <laughs> that just slowly disappears because that was, I mean, that was very earnest. I remember, I think that was not good. <laughs> that was not good. Uh, and then you also had something in the New Yorker, yeah, about uh, the uh, Black Mirror. Yeah, 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 that was a that was a lovely fluke. Um, yeah. Did you like uh, you wrote it and then just like pitch New Yorker out of the blue, or? Um, I I I knew one person there through a pal of mine who worked at Clickhole, so there was like one degree of separation, mm-hmm. and then kind of wrote the piece I think I wrote that piece when I was like going through a breakup and I was like I need to do something and I <laughs> wrote it at like 3 in the morning and and ended up working out <laughs> so that's good do, do you try to write kind of you did some stuff for Split Sider too so do you try mm-hmm. to write like a lot of humor pieces I really so. like to do it I, I haven't done it as much in the past couple months and it makes me sad because I really like doing it and I think mm-hmm. it's like a very particular muscle that I would like to keep 
strong because I mean mm-hmm. it's weird like good humor writing and, and good stand up like it is not necessarily always the same right. thing where it's like there are these great humor writers who would not touch stand up in a million years mm-hmm. and there are you know stand ups who I love know and respect who are functional illiterates so <laughs> like, the two aren't mutually exclusive um and so I, I, I try to stay sharp on both ends because I feel like it's, you know, both are valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Out of, like, all the stuff you do, like mm-hmm. animation, stand-up, a little bit of sketching or writing, what do you like the best? Uh, stand-up, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm very grateful and happy to have the tools um, and, and, like, the other ways of bringing an idea out that aren't... Because, I don't know, it's like... It, it, I would not, I, w- I would be really bummed out if you know you became the sort of stand-up where you're like if I can't express this idea through stand-up I have failed. It's like no, oh, there's maybe that's just not the way to say that thing. Yeah. And there's other ways to say it. Um, and that's a great thing about like you know the internet is there are so many different ways to say it and different ways to reach people. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that that's great. Um, and maybe if I was a little older or I don't know that I wouldn't feel that way, but I'm happy that I do Mm because it's a good system. But stand-up is always first for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you're... uh, (laughs) This is so random. Yeah. You're currently eating Infinite Jest, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm doing it again. Uh, Yeah, that's so... That's funny that... that, I mean, that was... What I was uh, dealing with this morning was like talking to people about that. Um, <laughs> I started doing that over a year ago now, um, to the point where I was at I because I, I don't remember yesterday morning. I was just I just thought about it and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't touched that in a long time because I was getting sick, and then I started doing this other. <laughs> Do thing. you think you were getting sick because of eating the book, or just I know I was getting sick oh. because I was eating the book, and so I was doing it every day for like two months, and then that was not good and then I started doing it less and then at this point I was only doing it on stage and like accidentally kicked my copy I was like oh maybe I should like do that again I don't know I I got distracted um because I (laughs) I started doing this other thing that (laughs) hurt my body uh where I was like chugging a gallon of milk I was doing that about once a month and that will you know fuck your body up in a different way um, so once I started doing the milk thing, I stopped doing the infinite chest thing. And now I think I'm good for the, on the milk thing. Cause it made me too sick last time. And now I'm doing the infinite chest thing again. I guess for those who don't know, uh, even eating a page of, you ate a page of infinite jest for a year. Uh, or not, not a page every day, but you were eating. Yeah, I, I've been, I've been doing it for about a year. Yeah. So um, I'm about 150 pages deep. Oh, wow. So yeah. you've got a long way to go. It's, it's going to take like 10 years to do. It's yeah, going to take like a really long time. 960 pages left. I will have paid off my college debt before I'm done <laughs> doing it. Um, so, yeah, you do like these like kind of stunty things. Yeah. Uh, which I like. I like how like I like people who do stuff like especially stuff like on social media. That's not like, getting them any money. Right, but it's just yeah. like these like weird things. I always think yeah. those are really funny. That's yeah. I mean, that's just like another idea that I don't know how else you could make that idea work right. in another medium. So, <laughs> and it was funny to me, and it was. I mean, it was so long ago now that I started doing. Like, I heard 
I was cutting that video together yesterday and I heard like my ex-boyfriend sneeze in the background. I was like, Oh, Whoa, that was a while ago. Like, um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know how else you would get to do that. It is always my worry that it's like, I don't know. You don't want to be like seen as the person that's like, Oh, that's the person who's good at the internet, which is why mm. I'm always focused on stand up first, because that seems like such a particular hole to get stuck yeah. in. And it's like something that I worry about, which is a stupid, I mean, there's bigger problems, but, um, yeah, I mean with the infinite jest thing, I, I do a bit on stage where I'll eat a page of infinite jest, but I mean, just in terms of making that last for 10 years, I don't see another way to do it <laughs> except something internet based. <laughs> um, so do you have any tips for uh, young comedy writers coming up? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just, like, learn s- stuff. And, yeah, like, I, I think that a lot of the reason that I'm able to do the stuff that I am is because I sort of stumbled into a bunch of different places and met a bunch of different kinds of people and um, was able to learn a bunch of different skills that, um, you know... Any, I think like anyone could have the kind of idea that I would have, but I have whatever the set of skills to make it mine, and that is nice. It's a little comfy blanket uh, <laughs> to have. So just I don't know, learn stuff, yeah. uh, and, and uh, be nice to each other. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. That's it. Uh, okay, so we're gonna wrap up. Okay, with you giving your thoughts on something I wrote. Ooh, these okay. are these are sketch ideas. I'm gonna pitch you sketch ideas basically. Okay, cool. Um, I just realized how nerdy this is. I'm going to pitch you sketch ideas. Pitch me. Okay. All right. So there's the whole series of Chicago shows, right? There's like Chicago, Fire. Oh, yeah. Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. Dick yeah, Wolf. exactly. Yeah. Right, you know. Uh, so a parody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm doing such a bad job now, but. I'm in. A parody uh-huh. called Chicago Deep Dish. <laughs> okay. So it's like all the same tropes of those shows, like the very sexy people dramatically doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. But with a deep dish, like they're holding a deep dish. They're like uh, right. they're, they're like doing like a deep dish. It's like this. It's like behind the scenes of like a deep dish restaurant. Oh, okay. It's, like, really a tra- like, it's like a TV trailer for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah EP by Dick Wolf. I'm, e- I'm yeah. watching it. <laughs> I'm watching it. Okay, cool. So that's the first one. All right. Um, all right. You know that show, Timeless? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, I've never seen it, but I think it's about people who go back in time and God. change things on NBC. I don't God, know. God, that's so frustrating. Everyone should just watch Jane the Virgin. That's my opinion. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? I remember this one. I, I, I did this for class. It would have to be like TV ideas. This was just a normal oh, okay. idea and I put it on Timeless. Okay. <laughs> so I can okay. just, yeah. Okay, so people so it's a, people get transported uh-huh. back in the 50s. Okay. To, to do something yeah. doesn't really matter. They complete the, the they complete their mission, Good. and they're gonna get back. Uh-huh. But then one guy tries to convince the other two that they should stay, uh-huh. and he's just being like, he's kind of being like kind of vague. And it comes out he just wants to stay because he's a racist oh. <laughs> and because he like wants to live in a pre civil rights era. Okay, cool. And so he keeps making absurd reasons that they should stay though. And then he has some sort of monologue at the end. Where yeah, he comes clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, cool. Here's a million dollars. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, it's a, it's a drink commercial. What kind of drink? 
Uh, I wrote Diet Cherry Pepsi. Got it. But that part doesn't really matter. I would buy it. Uh, I think it's probably a real thing, right? Diet Cherry it Pepsi. It totally yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. I had the the Pepsi Fire the other day. What is that? It's uh, Pepsi with cinnamon. Ew. It's bad. Yeah. Oh, man. It's new and it's not great. Ugh. Uh, They've already gotten it right. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, so the pitch, the pitch man is like uh-huh. new diet cherry Pepsi, zero calories, zero additives. There's no cum in it. And he keeps <laughs> and he keeps talking like real cherry taste, yeah. none of the calories. I shouldn't have said that thing about the cum. I, I swear there's no cum in right. it. <laughs> and then it, he just he keeps talking, and then it comes out that there there is cum. There in is it. cum in yeah. it. It's exclusively cum. Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, cool. I like it three, all. Three for three. Three for three, baby. Uh, all right. Thanks for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug? Um. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have a, a podcast uh, that. Oh, right. Yeah, it's called the Bechdel Cast, and my co-host and I uh, talk about uh, females in movies, specific movies. I think this week we have our episode on Transformers coming. Out. Okay. Nice. Um, and we have a funny guest on every week, and it's fun. So listen to that. Okay. Great. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of On Comedy Writing. I want to thank Nick Doss for supplying the sweet tunes, Zachary Glassman for providing the awesome logo, and Boardwalk Audio for having us on the network. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, and like and follow On Comedy Writing on Facebook and Twitter. See you next week. information and shows visit boardwalkaudio.com don't forget to rate and subscribe now